officials who guard the gates to l'america she allows herself to dream to hope for happiness the girl suffers a purgatory of years in the new world the aunt puts her to work in the garment district of boston mere days after her arrival she sews all day long with people who can't pronounce her name and who speak amongst themselves in a harsh clacking tongue she receives a new name an american one that slightly resembles her own and makes her feel like a changeling she gets lost in the maze of boston and stands crying in the dirty streets her aunt's adopted son resents her the interloper the girl is sent to live with strangers 6 months after she arrives in this cacophonous unfriendly place she receives word that her mother is dead Her father remarries less than a year later, a disgrace. Now, her yearnings for the lonely farmhouse are tempered with the understanding that return is impossible. There is no home. Just a space on a strange family sofa where she hears them whispering about her at night. Then, a glimmer of light Her aunt opens a store in an Italian neighborhood outside of Boston. The girl works at the small cramped store selling notions and yarn and makes a friend, a teenage girl who speaks her language. The joy of giggling in her mother tongue with someone her own age. For the first time since coming to America, she doesn't cry at night. She is invited to the teenager's house. a wonderland of laughter and savory food she is enfolded and tranced by this new family so unlike her own the mother is short and round and pretty she makes jokes and her children adore her the father is shy and gruff in the way of country people but welcoming there is a handsome older brother a young man whose generous nature is glazed over with sorrow the girl sees only his smile his thick wavy hair the elegant clothes within 2 weeks there is a pact they marry because the young man needs to settle down and the girl is young and innocent and from the old country love comes later overcoming gratitude and the girl is at last happy this was my mother that was my father this is the official story And like all immigrant stories, it's not the whole story, and it's only partly true. Aunt Ellie, my father's younger sister, was the storyteller in our family. Ellie had exciting tales about the dating buffet that was Boston during World War II, the handsome men in various uniforms that took her to dances and movies, the time she made a date with two guys for the same night, and sent my safely married mother to suss out which one was cuter. the boy who took her to a graveyard to make out thinking she'd be scared and let him get to second base she sat at our kitchen table with the red enamel top and the silver sides a conjurer wreathed in smoke filling ashtrays telling her tales ellie talked about the tough times too during the depression when they almost lost the house the family had scraped and sacrificed to buy they had to rent out the downstairs and cram themselves into the four upstairs room making do washing dishes in the bathtub ellie contributed by ironing clothes for rich people 
She was only 12 years old, but what she earned helped pay the electric bill. She spoke of the pride she felt walking the two miles to Watertown Square from the family home in Newton, the ironing money clutched tightly in her hand, and the gratification she felt knowing she was helping to keep the house from foreclosure by the always looming bank. There were glamorous pictures of Ellie as a young woman, long-legged and red-lipped, in a fur coat, auburn Rita Hayworth hair spilling over her shoulders, or sitting with a handsome serviceman, dressed in something slinky, a cocktail on the table before her. An oval-framed portrait showed a younger Ellie on the day of her Holy Communion, a miniature bride in a long white dress and veil. A tinted family picture portrayed her at four, innocent in a smock dress, leaning shyly against her proud mother. There were no pictures of my mother as a teenager or as a child. My mother doled out information.